This week's episode is brought to you by Colt 45 and Bananas, Breakfast of Champions. Hey, what's going on? This is Tay, the former co-host of Keep It Basement with the Sweens. I see the boy Sweens done blew up without me. You are tuned in to Keep It Basement and keep it locked here. Yeah. More fire. Come on, man. I'm too Hollywood for this podcast. Yeah, I heard you tried to get bitches to the crib. That didn't work, obviously. And then your bum-ass intern, very unreliable and unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> Culture. I feel like I'm part of the hip hop culture, but I don't know where I stand, and I feel weird about it. He's like, you should. Like, I'm like, marginal. All right, Sweeney, I'm going to see you later. Stay black, That's not so bad. There we have it, folks. Keep it, <laughs> keep it based with podcast. Time to make my move. Sweet taste of victory, like Oprah's Mavani. Damn, son, where'd you find this? It's always revolves around you. Any problem, it's always you, dude. Dude. Too bad I'm the one who gets our best content. You got me sick, dude. See, I told you. You didn't even move. That's good content. Dude, you got you infected everyone, dude. Now I'm going to have to take amoxicillin. It also gets rid of STDs. If you put that mic in under a microscope right now, it would be infested. This whole basement's infested, dude. You just sneezed right into the mic. You didn't cover your mouth. You didn't even turn your head a bit. I know. I had to do it because you coughed for the past fucking three hours. I um, cover myself. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I saw you, you cough on my couch, dude. What? Never sell crack where you rest at. What? Ten crack commandments. You said nasty. All right, Tom Zippia. He goes, hey, he hits me up. He goes, I see you're doing the show in Jersey. Will you do my podcast before the, the show? And I was like, yeah, why the hell? Kid's name, I don't want to say it wrong. I believe it's Tom Zappia or Tom. Kid's name, I don't want to say it wrong. I believe it's Tom Zappia or Tom Zappia. Zappia. Italian broad. 
good-looking kid. He picks me up. He's a Tuesday. He's a fan. He goes, hey, he hits me up. He goes, I see you're doing the show in Jersey. Will you do my podcast before the show? And I was like, yeah, why the hell not? I'm in Jersey. He seemed like a nice kid. I go out there early. I do his podcast. That takes an hour. And then the show. <coughs> All right, it's fine. You don't got to play the whole was He was a better man than that. I tried to give him some money. He wouldn't take it. And I made it home. So thank you, Tommy. I don't know if you're going to hear this, but. He's got a podcast I want to plug called Keep It Basement, you know, and he's had, oh. he's had some fun guys on, Andrew Schultz, Gary V, the whole lot of them. So uh, appreciate that, Tom. You're a, you're a, your lunch in my book. There's your claim to oh, fame. You never make it. Thank you. There's your claim to fame if you never make it. I don't need claim to fame. I'm a fucking ta- one-man talent. I'm the next fucking... Gary V wasn't a guest, but... I'm the next Kevin Hart. I was thinking about that. <laughs> Did he know we were Gary Vee fans from our interview, or did he listen to the bite where we pretended like Gary Vee was on the podcast because you made that joke in the last episode? He, he, you're overthinking it. He was just naming people that he, we had mentioned when we were talking to him on the podcast that we either had on or liked or, or followed their rules, and Gary Vee was one of them. Remember, he was like, hey, you guys know Gary Vee? Yeah, and we were yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we like Gary Vee. He loved that. Uh, yeah, so yeah. he just got mixed up and and, and he, that was the name he remembered and he was like oh maybe you know. speaking over documenting recreating he actually like listened to Gary Vee and knew all about it and he was saying that the people in LA are documenting while the New York guys are in the pad creating and it doesn't pay off mm-hmm. yeah I know that's the uh... and I was thinking New York City comedians <clears throat> they remind me of like underground New York rappers like you gotta search for them like they're not played on the radio they're not played on mainstream like to like really fuck with them, you gotta like go and find them yourself and discover yourself. And LA, it's kinda like out in the open. Like they're national like media, they're advertised and they're like everything's filmed, everything's on all platforms, everything goes viral, everything <clears throat> they do multiple things, T V shows, podcasts, radio shows, it's like the whole press kits in LA and all these comedians have a br- all these comedians in LA have a brand behind them, like Norman was saying. In New York it's like you gotta go and find the talent you wanna li- like wanna watch or listen to. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he basically said he wants to get on that wave more, or he, he, the New York guys should get more on that wave and just like start filming all their podcasts, do more video crap, do more selfie, you know, camera on me crap. <coughs> and Stuff I, that New York comics don't like to do, really, pe- because they'd rather write good jokes. People but, were bringing up that LA, uh, everyone, there's love in LA for everyone. In New York, it's kind of clicky and everyone has like disputes and problems with each other. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, LA comedy scene is very clicky, but. In terms of people who are already big and famous, they also. I heard New York like was Theo clicky. Does bur- I heard New York was clicky. L.A. is all love for everybody. Like you could go hop on Fighter and the Kid, Theo, Rogan in one day, and just do all that. Yeah. And, and and go on a show at night. I heard in L.A. Like I mean, in New York, no one wants to fuck well, with yeah, each other. It's also different if you're already big. Like yeah, they just do each other's podcast. There's no hate really. They just do each other. Uh, they fuck each other. You know, they do orgies on the on the screen on the podcast. Um, so yeah, I mean they support each other. Like Bert will do Theo, Theo will do Bert's, Bobby Lee will do, you know, Fighter and the Kid or whatever. But it's just more. I think it's just more of a visual like entertainment thing, kind of trying to get you. Mark mentioned this on our episode. Please check out our this key basement by the way. Mike Sweeney and Tom Zappia. Um, Alex is a Alex is not here right now, but he's a uh, very cute and scrumptious. Um, Mark, listen to our latest episode featuring our comedian Mark Norman. We had him on. Shout out to um. Danny Braff show, uh, uh, ver, uh, comedy at the Verve in Somerville, New Jersey, some fucking white ass town in the uh, middle of New Jersey. 
You guys didn't know where it was. Next one is, uh, oh, my bad, Danny. I think June 20th with Jim Florentine, so check that out. We were at the last one where Mark Norman headlined, so we, we were able to do the podcast with him right beforehand. A lot of comedy gems, a lot of inside comedy stuff, so check that out. It's on YouTube as well. Uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback on it, so please check that out. But anyway, Mark was talking about that in the show, in the episode, in the interview slash in the episode, the conversation in which <clears throat> these LA guys are more of personalities. So like Bert takes his shirt off, and, and you know he does and they know, all this. They whatever. know branding and marketing, and they film themselves doing everything. So it's like a personality. So it's like documenting. You're with them. It's like you're with him all the time instead of just going to see him at a show at night at the comedy store. You know what he's doing at all times. And Mark's on board with that. And Mark comes from a more of an old school mentality, comedian, write good jokes, get up a lot, don't go nuts with the social media, that kind of stuff. But he's he's starting to understand he's that starting to realize that's the, the value, wave now. You kind of have to. Value in <laughs> not even social media. He knows that, but branding, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Tell me you're not sick. You cough all the time. You're getting everyone infected. It's disgusting. And you're taking pills. <laughs> I am taking pills. Dude, you're sick. How do you you go somewhere you don't even know what you have? Oh my god, I have you a could have the clap. Cough? Would you shut or up? The clap. I've been on antibiotics for ten days. Leave me alone. Not good. God. Yeah, it is good. It means it's, they're done. I gotta take one more. Um, they're not working. Yeah. Okay. I hope they are. You actually. get antibiotic resistance. You know. What's that mean? Like if you take too many of the antibiotics, you're accustomed to it, and your body doesn't it doesn't do anything. I've heard about that. So you shouldn't take it <coughs> until you have like an STD, so it clears it away. Not good. I'm just kidding. Um. Yeah, so that was it. I mean, it's more. It's not. It's not. It's not. You know, we're not groundbreaking anything. We're just saying, like, more the filming, more the online social media, more the f- recording your podcast. But videos. be a ground up comedian, like organic. But be good up. at comedy too. Write jokes and stuff too. But try to try to do both. They see. They, he sees the importance in that, though. It was a good interview. We got a lot of good feedback. Uh, someone said that I was pretty much a comedy hater. Like that was the agenda you tried to push. Like CNN is it? Is, like. Pushes again, agendas. Again, media again making agendas. up things. I Zabia, never said comedy Zabia, hater. I said, pushes agendas. I never said here. comedy hater. I said doesn't understand some, from someone's mindset who does it. It has nothing no, to do with I, hating. I fucking get it. Okay, then then stop lying and saying I paint you as a comedy hater. I'm you kidding. fucking idiot. Hyping it up, but hold on. Would you order chicken parm, uh, eggplant? We're trying to eat healthy here, keto. You didn't fast for Ramadan, <laughs> you fucking liar. Gonna go you didn't over. fast for Ramadan, you fatty. Um, hey, Luigi's. Garlic knots. I heard they weren't that good. Sick bastard. <laughs> You're disgusting. I got food intolerances. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. The kid eats one thing and he's shitting for four days. He can't go to a public place and not have to shit. It wasn't good, actually. Recently, I, I had a burger at this place, tried it new. I think I didn't like the mushrooms. I had mushrooms, fries, burger. It was all good. Then I worked out and got ballsy and drank this big protein drink. Then I went out and met women. And I don't know if I had the nervous bubble guts or the fact that I had a food intolerance because it wasn't good, let's just say that. Farting every four seconds, literally my... I had to leave early. Well, early was like four in the morning, but it was still wasn't good. <laughs> what? That's I was like early? thinking, oh god, hopefully this girl doesn't want to hang out all night because I'm gonna shit my pants. Yeah, no such luck. It wasn't good. My stomach was like tip turning upside down. Tip turning? It wasn't good. I was farting all the time. I had to walk away. Well, they weren't <laughs> smelling though, so it was good. Disgusting. It wasn't my fault. You can't but, hate um, on me. It was IBS. Thanks. It wasn't to m- on me. It was my food. Thanks to Mark for doing the podcast. Uh, listen to his podcast Tuesdays with stories. It's fucking hilarious. No jokes. Literally, they're hilarious. Tom Zappia. Humble brag was the last twenty minutes of the episode, pretty much, because he he saved it's not the day. A humble brag, he, yeah, but I, but yeah, because you don't want to talk it, about no, it. No, but their episode is the theme is story, so they tell the stories of the most recent weekend that they were doing shows, or whatever, and that was what happened recently. We, they, he did Danny Braff show, our friend Danny Braff, so that was a story to tell. Um, but he, it's think, funny because Norman was talking about how he has to get better with stories because they were telling him to tell stories. That was like the big thing. 
And Manis- he said Burr told Sebastian Maniscalco tells stories. It seems like Joe Rogan tells stories and jokes, Bert. but Burt was the one who told him to tell stories and create well, and more Bert, content Bert and put his face Bert. out there. Yeah. He said something interesting. He's like, your jokes are funny. How, that's pretty crazy how he says that in a nice way. He's like, your jokes are funny, but they're not hitting to the audience or whatever. They're not hitting to a brand behind you. You have nothing behind you in a way. No backbone. Yeah, but the, th- the thing is why Mark and people like Mark and me think that. I was like, 20 years ago, you didn't need that. You just needed to be fucking funny. But granted, since it's not, we're not, still funny, time, but we're not in helps. that time age of getting becoming a big, a good at stand up comedy and then getting your own TV show, you make your own brand now on social media, basically. Think about it. Like your Lil Instagram du- Lil and Duval your YouTube is your, your TV show. Now. I just, I said Lil Duval is like his TV show. Like, you, you didn't even have to stand up comedy anymore and he could still make money off social media. Yeah. Like, six figures off stuff. Yeah, easy. You know? Um, but yeah, it was a good episode. It was a good, great conversation with Mark. I uh, appreciate him shouting me out on his podcast. Check that out. And, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening, if you have. Um, what else is on the dock? Anything trending? Any uh, news with Kanye? Haven't heard from him in a while. He went to the Meta Gala. He wore an all-dicky suit. What the hell is a dicky suit? You don't like, know what dicky is? Dickies the brand? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I have uh, all their pants. Oh, that's great. Good job. Like eight pairs of dicky pants. Why do you wear them more instead of wearing red shorts? Just kidding. What? <laughs> How about I kill you? <laughs> What about uh, shout out to um what's his name dropped a new album? Oh, Schoolboy Q. Yeah. Oh yeah, Crash Talk. Good conversation. Went good interview. I love Schoolboy Q. Big fan. Big fan of that. Uh, um, what is it? No, Hippie. Um, TDE. What's that? Black Hippie. TDE. Yeah, Black Hippie. I like yeah, Black Hippie. you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do, idiot. It's J Rock, Kendrick, Schoolboy Q. <laughs> yeah, I'm schooling your ass right now. Who's the fourth guy? Absol. Absol. He's my. He's my, Kendrick's my favorite. Player. And their manager. Yeah. You're an idiot, though. Fuck you. They've never they they're they're supposed to make an album. It's never happening. <clears throat> they don't make the album together. They just go in the studio and help each other make their own albums. That's pretty cool. They were supposed to make a Black Hippie album. What about the one thing? Like Sebastian Maniscalco said, the one thing um, was stand up for him that led into other careers. But like stand up was always the one thing. And he said you can't do seventeen different different things and be successful. Yeah, that's why he always focused on going up and doing stand up every night. Or when he was working at the Beverly Hills Hotel, wherever he worked, <clears throat> Four Seasons or whatever. On his lunch break, he would call and make sure people were working, where uh, where the stage was free, and he would like they would like be like, yeah, Eddie Griffin's up right now, we could go on after him. So like he would like go on like do spots, and it was different. That was like in '98, but he pretty much said that to be successful, like he just focused on one thing instead of like 20 different things, because he would go on all these editions back in the day before stand up, and he would never get any of them and always reject it and feel like complete shit. But now he goes on him and gets them, and he gets to pick what he wants, and he has more confidence because it's well, he, who he is. And and he, he just sold out. The he garden. realized the exposure so big. And back in the day, it was different where he wasn't famous, and he's like, what the fuck am I doing with his acting stuff? So he just started to do comedy and perfect his craft in comedy. Mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's why when you yell at me to go, I'm go- to when I'm going to do stand-up comedy, that's what I want to do. Well, he went to L.A., a little different most. than a shitty New Jersey place, but... You're the kid who says you don't need to move to New York or LA anymore. Well, it's yeah. true you don't though, because you're social contradictor. media. Not contradicting. I'm just saying yeah, at different are. times you got to go with the times and be more social media savvy and promote on the internet as well. Yeah, true. We both need to move though. This fucking ship that he's ain't doing anything. For but us. yeah, he was just saying how he doesn't want to take things just to take them. Because like when you're up and coming and hungry, sometimes you take what <sighs> you could get. Obviously, like you know what I mean. You'll take whatever. You would take a movie part right now. Anything, especially if you're white. <laughs> what the hell? You say Mike or <laughs> what White, the hell? but uh, 
No, it just it just wild because he was saying sometimes you got to take whatever and like he never wants to do that now, especially now that he's successful and has the name and the brand behind him. He wants to take things that he really hundred percent likes because if he wasn't like fully interested, it would just suck for well, him. Once you get to his level, you can that's what you can do that. You could be like, nah, I don't want to do that. But he he always seemed like nah, like that with stand up. He's <clears> like, <throat> I didn't he didn't want to fuck with it hundred percent if it wasn't for him basically. Mm-hmm. That's, I hear that, son. And then there was Jeez. he was just talking about how like you don't want to spread yourself too thin because your energy gets depleted. And because you're not great at what your one thing, if you try on like seven different things, well, that's what Locker said. Try the fishing pole with all those things, Locker, to get more fish. But like at the same time, you don't want to spread yourself too thin and lose the energy. Like you don't want to edit a podcast, edit a video, do a podcast, and go up and stand up. It's a lot. You need like a team behind you, or you need to get more money back, and then more money, and then edit shit, get people to do it. You know. Shout out to Hey Locker. Check out his uh, recent Mother's Day footage on his page at Hey Locker on Instagram. Very hilarious. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, you... I don't think most people have a bunch of different things they want to do anyway. With stand-up will come, you know, auditions and movie roles and whatever I feel like if it's like a brand, though, it's like five different things and it's beneficial, whether it's a podcast, TV, radio, or just getting getting out there, you know, creating content, multimedia, multi-hyphen careers. It's it's entertainment. It's the entertainment and your showbiz. I mean, it's all the same umbrella, really. Well, he he perfected his craft. He didn't care if he got famous or big, but he happened to do it. Like, he wanted to make a living off of it, and now his name is there. Where he doesn't have to go on auditions like he before he was a nobody. Now he's confident. People like his comedy. Your fucking phone off. People like his comedy and hypes him up, and he feels good when people are like, "Nah, we love your comedy. We wanted you here." And it's already confidence booster there instead of being some shitbag no one knows. And you're like, "All right, next line out of five hundred people." He's like, "All right, yeah, you, yeah." And well, then that's what happens. It took him twenty years. Yeah, I know. It could take us twenty years. And then it, it was pretty. And then he was saying like how like you got to try to find the balance of having that hot clutch moment momentum. And then mo- those moments, and then also not oversaturate yourself in the market and your material, like with your content work. So I guess like what I got out of it is like keep being relevant, keep putting work out, but also don't oversaturate shit. Yeah, and be and keep it cute. You gotta be cute when you do it. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, yeah, you got nothing. No, he's at, he. It's it's understandable. Like you, he he did all the hard work, and he's at the level where he can do that now. He's also older, so he doesn't have to worry about getting on. He's been get on the social media wave later because it wasn't there when he was on the come up. No shit, you're gonna if you if you're a year into stand up comedy or whatever, you don't have any credits or name behind you. You go on auditions, everyone's gonna be like, "Fuck you!" Next on to the next one. Unless I guess, like, I'm not an acting coach or an acting whatever director, so I can't really tell if someone's a great actor, a natural actor. Shut your fucking phone up. I don't know why it keeps going. Probably because the sound's on. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can't gauge if... Uh, I can't gauge if someone's a good actor or not, but I'm saying unless you seem like a natural actor, how some acting coach can pick that out, you're not going to get a callback until you get... You're not going to be able to pick what you want until you, you know, have some credits behind you or your big or name. Or you're a huge name, dude. He was saying that he was in that shoes where he was like the guy before comedy doing a, acting auditions and not getting anything, and the guy before him knew somebody and got in. He didn't. Mm-hmm. And, like, once you have that exposure, the whole thing is to have the name behind you, like Bert fucking said. Yeah. It's that brand behind you. No matter what you do, it helps you no- catapult anything. Same shit happened with Bert. Nobody knew who Bert was until, like, three years ago when his machine story blew up. He couldn't even sell out. He couldn't sell out a club. Now he can't not sell out a club. Just got off tour in Europe. Like, I was listening. You made me <coughs> listen to the Mark Norman thing and Joe List. They were The one guy, Joe List, is having trouble with people. He only sold, like, 16 sick tickets somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, a really talented comedian. But like those guys, those guys we had on the podcast, Sean Kelly and Louie make a fucking valid point. Sometimes the exposure is more important than the talent. 
That's why I was asking about those talent comedy questions. But obviously, you need to have the comedy there, and then also the exposure. Sometimes the exposure doesn't even work because that's what they were talking about on the episode of how Joe has been on Letterman, Comedy Central, Netflix. But that's nothing and, now, and all these but other. But it's things. nothing if you put yourself <coughs> on. It's different. I'm saying social media. Yeah. If you make clips and do that, he relied on all late night television shows that suck now, and he relied on everything that's the older generation. It proves that doesn't work. If he had a fucking social media guy with him, maybe. Like the like people want like you know what I mean they help like you with Alex your page, media? nah yeah even that like your own content guy and you create content yourself and don't rely on any network or anything like that it would probably help out yeah probably you know but what are you gonna do there's only so many you know there's only so many whatever a gazillion comedians but there's obviously some kind of theme going on in that L A comedy store niche with DeLeo and Theo and Burton Segura and fucking Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee and all them because they all have massively successful podcasts. Are not even as good as stand-ups, in my opinion, as New York. It's crazy how much funnier New York comics are than LA. That's just me personally. Even the huge ones, though. But they're still garnering more. They're still millionaires, garnering more attention, garnering more shows, selling out more venues because their podcasts are so huge and their social media is so huge. Like Theo gets a mi- freaking three million downloads a, 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 an episode. That's insane. That's wild. Okay, Bert, Bert. Segura, like Bobby Lee and Kal- and his girl Kalila, and it's wild. You know what else? And is, Rogan's you know the Empire, else and he's out there, so that probably has something to do with it. You know, yeah. And he's like, I like the meme that said you listen to a Rogan podcast and you act like you know everything after. I thought that was funny. I never seen that meme because it's funny. I sent it to you a way to listen, pay attention because he always spits knowledge and stuff, and he acts like he knows everything or does know everything. But also the thing is, what are these Theo guys? I know a lot of girls and like guys who aren't huge comedy buffs, and they like him, and they like Delia. Like girls love Delia. Well, he's a piece. Well, it's girls. not even that though. It's and it's like the social media stuff, like you said, and they watch his stuff because like, but they're not huge comedy fans, and they kind of these comedians in LA don't care. They don't like hate on like you know how Norman was like, well, fuck, you could go see Stevo, and like it's your fault. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of these LA guys will cater to these celebrities as well and kind of work with them or don't care if you're not a huge comedy fan and you're still buying your products. Because Menis- there's a lot of Sebastian Menescalco fans, like these Ita- like a lot of Italian people I know and I'd people aren't huge in the comedy. Only they, know they, wa- watch. They, they watch him. Yeah, him they go to the shows. Ghetto. And fucking Theo's big too, like or Chris D'Elia. A lot of girls like him and go to see his performances in LA or around yep. here when he's here. And they're not huge comedy fans. They only go to like one show a year to him and like yeah. support him. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's a yeah, it's a it's, it's a different animal in LA compared to New York. I feel like, yep. Um, yeah, New York's just more like the old school mentality or whatever. But you assume LA would w- should be where that is. Like you have the whole you have the whole YouTube niche out there at the YouTubers. It's, it's just it's 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 better weather. You can be outside and do more video work. It's just a different LA is a different kind of city than New York in terms of entertainment and in terms of all other aspects. So, yeah. like, you would kind of expect it to be like that anyway. Like, New York's kind of like your gritty, grind, cold, go yeah. from club to club uh, and w- w- and <coughs> yeah. kind of city. And then I was thinking about, like, the Schultz <laughs> no and Brilliant beach. Idiots. He was filming that before his comedy stuff. So I was thinking, I wasn't really saying, like, do you, do you have to be a great comedian before you do all that? What I meant by it was, like, comedy could be, like, say the podcast could be your calling or making people laugh is your calling or whatever. And then you decide to do stand up, but you already do a podcast with somebody who's kind of big, or like you, you already do other stuff. Can't stand up just add on to that and multiply your career. That's Brandon what I meant. By that. Is that that's what, a, that's what I meant. That's what I mean by it. Like I didn't mean like to be a cheater kind of and never do comedy, but just be famous already and try comedy. What I meant was more or less being like using social media advantage, digital media, and like having a well known podcast that helps you out. So your your stand up gets bigger, you know, kind of like a Schultz and a Schwab or what's his name? Schwab, Brendan Schaub. Schaub of Schwab. the fighter and the kid with Brian Callen. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit I'm one who was saying that about Brendan Schaub, like 
This is a guy who is a, a mixed martial art artist UFC fighter who just basically decided one day that he didn't want to fight anymore. Um, <clears throat> and he decided to do stand-up comedy in sense. Um, for literally not long. I think he's been doing it maybe five, six years. And he's about to have another special, Showtime special. Um, but he got on board with Brian Callen and made, and they did the fighter and the kid very, very quickly. Like, I think it might've even been before he actually officially started doing stand up, and that kind of took off and he was already with someone of, 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 of some good caller, cal, uh, caller, Caleb, Callier. What the fuck is the word I'm thinking of? Someone with like high, like uh, already has like a name behind them. Caliber. Caliber. There you go. Thank you. Caliber. Yeah. Let someone of let's that, save of, that bit because he calls me stupid, everyone, and he was saying collar, collar, <laughs> collar. Let me take another pill and get retarded. Collar, collar. I'm sick. Collar. Do you want me to smash you at the wall now, or do you want me to wait till the mics are off? You fucking ugly. And he kind of got into doing stand up, kind of out of nowhere. I think, if you ask me. And let's be honest, he had Brian Callen co-signing him and helping him out. And it definitely helps. Maybe it was more interesting because he had just been just retired from being a UFC fighter. But like. What if you took some sh- some sh- some open micer from from New York and New Jersey who's been doing it ten years and hasn't gotten anything and did the same thing? A lot of Let's hate be jealousy, honest; they're probably, probably going to be funnier than Shab at least in the beginning. Shab's funny; I've seen his act. He's, he's, I'm not saying he's a shitbag or he's unfunny. That's why I was I'm asking just saying in the interview. An example and another example of was what LA does to you. Pete Davidson was saying MJK could, could MJK or whatever fucking uh, Machine Gun Kelly could do comedy right now if you wanted to. He also used to asking. he also used to tour as just a duo act with Brian Shab. So. Oh, so he helped him out? Yeah. So and there's like, nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. People hate on a... That's a different line of... Um, Desus and Mero. Desus. Desus and Mero. Because they do that. They go, they take their <clears throat> podcast and go on comedy tours and do, do duo stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was watching an old episode of their show with Tom Segura from like a... I thought it was recent, but it was actually from like a year yeah, ago. Yeah, they, they like no comedy. It's funny. And D, and Mero was like, yeah, we're going on tour. And Segura was like, so what is it? It's like a stand-up tour? Like you guys do a live podcast? He's like, well, it's set up. For it to be, it's set up for it to be just like, you know, like a, like a live podcast, sit down or whatever, but we kind of just like do jokes and like go off the rails and stuff and do a bunch of different stuff. So that's basically a comedy tour. I know. Think about it. And that's exactly something you would want to do probably. Yeah. You would t- start it up as more of so as a conversation or you have a guest. Exactly. Them, but it turns into jokes. Exactly. That's why it's funny because you said like, uh, what, Kimmel never did stand up, right? People like certain people never did well, stand up. Radio, like, but uh, you do comedy. You do comedy bits. There's like, always, like there's Stern always, had, yeah, Stern. Yeah. There's always traces of that where they do an interview, then they have crowd interaction, and then they also, the the funny thing is they they also rely on trending topics and news, and as you put it, topical events or whatever. So like they could yeah, go, they do. do like four different things, and I think that's more creative than hearing someone talk for an hour the same the same bit they've been doing or same shit they've been doing for the past fucking ten months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you go to a comedy show. And you see somebody, and they're using the old material, or it's the same act they've been doing the, their hour. I think the way you could make it more creative, or whatever, like those two dope queens had it. Remember the HBO stuff, and then also Norman was on that. On Daisus and Marrow, they do it where they talk about the current events, the trending topics, kind of like a show format, and then they talk crowd interaction, <laughs> interview, and then also some stand up. <laughs> disgusting, ruin everything. But yeah, Ugh, fucking disgusting. It's just a cough. Why are you so annoying? I don't want to get sick. You won't get sick. Annoying? No, you won't. Nice face. You mad at me? Yeah, you're infected. It's annoying. I'm not infected, though. You are. How long have you been on this thing? The pills, 10 days. When did you get... When were you really sick? Last weekend. 
I think it might have been lingering a little bit. I don't know if the medicine completely knocked it out, but I feel good. Just cough a little phlegmy. I didn't get nobody sick. Can you <laughs> shut the fuck up? God, you're so annoying. That's true, but we don't talk hip hop anymore. Granted, I'm the, I don't know anything right now. You don't know anything. You're useless. Alex isn't here. <laughs> you're useless. That's well, your what I thought was thing. funny was Norman was telling me to fake it till I make it with women in a way. He had like a whole routine with them. And then I was on the podcast the week before, a podcast amongst men. And his words of shout uh, out Steve. Sh- shout out Steve. His words of wisdom were, "Don't fake it till you make it." But I, I, I think there's a difference between faking till you make it. You can, I mean. And confidence in what you do and the way you you talk. Like when you were like, my creative team's working on this video, it sounded so much better than you said. Like, hey, me and a couple shit bags uh, are we're doing this thing. I wouldn't say that. Well, you, like the guys. way you, sometimes we title it where we act like we're nothing. We're like, yeah, we're just a couple shit bags on the mic. But everyone's like, dude, you gotta stop calling yourself shit bags. And I gotta say you're a radio person. I gotta say you're a radio. Well, host we are comedian. talented legends. You know, we, we're <laughs> yeah, if you say talent, it too much, so it's almost like too much. We co- will too be much, huge one day if we already aren't. So the fake it till you make it, I guess a grain of salt, what people mean is like just be confident in your abilities and stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like, not like be like, buy fucking 40,000 followers and be like, yo, we're the hottest thing out. <laughs> well, we don't know anybody who does that. I mean, I probably could name a few. Oh my God. Not good. <laughs> Look, I hate, I, I said this before the mics went on. Everyone's going to tell you something different. So just do what you feel is right and, and works for you. No shit, Sherlock. If that's fake it till you make it, or if that's buying Instagram followers, or if that's just being yourself and, and being honest about how you feel or being confident. You could do that, but also I like to listen to the advice of people who have been in the, the shoes that I was at one point or have been, been successful. Like, for example, I'll use this example when I interviewed Charlemagne. When I interviewed Charlemagne, he talked about how he was going to do a book. Be nationally syndicated and have a TV write show. A yeah. Write a book, yeah, the New York Times bestseller. And he fucking did like all the four things he said. So like anything he does, I see in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah, and all the stuff I see that he does, I would like. I see he took the action. He wasn't about. He wasn't bullshitting. So I see, okay, this this dude is successful with these certain things. I don't have to follow his blueprint, but in a way, if he could do it, like so could I, or so could someone else. And he said he was going to do these things, and he did them, and he took the action. So. Bottom line is, be yourself, know your values, know your worth, know yourself, and just take the fucking action and have a plan of what you're going to do, you know? And shoot big, I guess. I'd rather shoot big than shoot small, like Tom Zappi, a peeing in a small penis. But yeah, that's it. That was just an example. Like, people who say they were going to do stuff and did it, and it wasn't like they were faking it till they make it, but they didn't have it at that moment, but they knew they wanted it, so it was the confidence to take the action and do it. I mean, it's different than buying 100,000 followers and saying you're the hottest rapper out in fucking New York, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all different now. But like I see, uh, I see people who portray a certain thing, and then you see them in person, and they're like completely opposite. And it's maybe because they have social anxiety or like really awkward. I mean, I know a lot of creative people who are like that. But it's like a whole different thing where if you're gonna act like you're somebody else on social media and be something different in your real life, I don't know. It's kind of like you're acting, you're playing a part. But it is what it is because I know some people are hyped up versions of themselves. But then, but doesn't that go against? But what about what you said, where it's like DJ Academics when he first started had seventy thousand fake Instagram followers, but then he well, we can't confirm. And it was and Twitter. We can't confirm. He had seventy thousand Twitter followers. Well, okay. some people do this where they just follow a bunch of people, follow back, and then they unfollow you as they're getting bigger, so they yeah. look like they yeah. only have they're following one hundred twenty five people, people when one hundred thousand people follow them. Yeah. So it like makes it look for their brand. So you have to have the confidence in your brand and your ability to do stuff. No one's thinking outside the box, dude. Every idea is created is created is taken. Like everyone has been already saying like 
pretty much like your Stephen A. Smith, your academics, your people who are talking about what's popular and what's hot. At, at, at first, they don't care about that person or personality. They only care about the news and how it's getting to them. So if you give the, if you give the news quick and informative and put it right out there in front of everyone to see before major news outlets, then you're winning and then you're gaining a following an audience and then they're going to know who that personality is. And I think that's the thing with comedy. It's so universal so all these open mic comedians, all these comedians starting out, it's going to take years of the uh, years, like 10, 15 years. And what I meant by fast track, it was maybe be a stand-up comedian, know the skill and do well in it, but also maybe have a TV show or do some news where about trending culture and incorporate your comedy in it because comedy is universal, you know what I mean? Yep. So like comedy is so <clears throat> universal that you kind of get lost in the sauce because there's so many different ways. Saucy. To, there's so many ways to go. Like, true, you, like if you're like a hip hop guy, you talk about the hip hop breaking news. You're like the you're like the hood TMZ. People know you as that. Like Adam Twenty Two, he's interviewing all these young girl, young uh, porn stars and also young rappers. And like that's his niche. You got to find your niche as a comedian, but it's so universal. Niche, niche. niche. I don't know actually which one. But yeah. is niche, niche. I think it is niche. Anyway, um, it's just comedy so fucking <laughs> universal. You could use it for anything. That's my point. And like sometimes you get lost in the sauce if you talk about major headlines. Like you know how you're always trying to tweet for like some funny things. Like if a news article came out, I'm not trying to. If I if I see a story and it's funny, I could come up with a funny joke right right then. It there. never hits though, right? How dare you? I'm just saying. I'm being honest. Like you like the document. It's fine. I, I don't have a. I don't have. I don't have twenty thousand followers. Exactly. But if you, you did something every day and talked about a news story that was popular, you're taking the popularity of the news story and using your spin on it, then people might start right. to attract to you. What I'm saying is you kind of have care to, enough, but you care enough to go to open mic weekly that no one goes to. I'm just I'm just saying like. Some of them, you know what I mean. It's about the cons- it's about the consistency and work ethic. No, nah, I really but don't. With comedy, if I, if you're putting the, you're crowd, putting the, you're putting the work ethic without anyone knowing, which is still cool. Be cool because you're I not even go up that much anymore. If I know there's gonna be a crowd, I go. True. Yeah. True. I'm just saying. I see all these fucks how they made it and stuff. It's very interesting how to analyze that and how to take action and just follow your own shit. Like I think you, you just said. gotta keep going and get lucky, or just keep going. And Luck's see what definitely involved. People said, but the work ethic and the grind too, and the dedication and and the relationship building is key. Like, people have asking me about the Mark Norman thing, and they're like, dude, why wouldn't you connect with him? They were asking you. Like, I had buddies text me. Like, dude, what, is he going to connect with him? Is he going to get up? What's he going to do? Like, what, you, there's like I am connected there, with him. I've met him a bunch of times. There's a code for that now, though? Like, you can't, like, you can't, you don't want to annoy the guy. You know him too well. Or like, yeah, it's not a code. It's is, just, it like, is that street code of he, comedy? He did what I wanted already as a favor, which is do my podcast. There's nothing else I can ask him or that I would want to ask him. So it's like a code you don't want to annoy the guy? Yeah, I'm not going to annoy him. He already... He or is that just be, he did you me a being favor. too weird with your ego and just not trying to be and just trying to be a nice guy? Like I don't people, have an ego. Yeah, I'm trying to be a nice guy. There's nothing I would... Uh, what do you, uh, there's nothing I would ask him that I didn't already. I asked him to do my podcast. That's good enough for me. Yeah. I feel like comedy is such a selfish thing, but you got to Think about be, it. The podcast is getting me more flack than my stand-up. So why would not I, good! So why would I ask to go be to go open for him if he, could, or if he already did my podcast and he did me a favor? And it worked out because we just did it right at the show venue. I didn't have to really put him out. Or I tried not to. So you really think the podcast is creating more uh, heat in the streets than uh, stand up? Yeah, until I move or like or like get. You think you know, you're going to move right away and you're going to blow up? That's how it works. No, not at all. I'm going to have to start from scratch. That's why I haven't moved yet. So, but uh, and I started in New York, so I know what that grind is starting from scratch. I don't want to do. That's that. what I'm saying. The grind. The point is to already have a following without stand up. You get what I'm saying? But then you're yeah, not labeled as a real person. That's what we're working on, right? You're not labeled as a real stand up until you do it, though, right? But like, what if you have a following and then you do stand up? Like, that's like, say if you were like that wouldn't be me though because I started by doing it. Here's an example. Say if you're like Sean Evans, the guy who on that hot one. Say what if he do? say if he decided to do stand up, is that is that selling out or no? 
because he has like 100,000 following, good show, comedy, written, and all that. What if he d- dabbled in stand up? No, it's not selling out. And he's ha- his normal day job is pretty creative and cool. Yeah. So and I, that shit, I didn't know how popular that uh, First We Feast is. that like a branch of Complex? Yeah, that's like his thing. They have 6 million YouTube subscribers. Really? Yeah. People love food, see? <clears throat> and it's comedy. That's what I'm saying. Like these shows that are it's created. Du- if you ask me, it's the dumbest exactly. theme it's f- thing ever. It's for food. You're people. just asking questions while they eat hot wings, so it's like. It's like annoying. It's like who wants to answer his questions while their mouth's on fire? And you're like on the hot seat with questions, yeah. Yeah. So it's like Imagine if Howard Stern was doing that. It's almost like you were eating those hot wings back in ninety five anyway when he's asking those questions. Because you're on the hot seat. Yeah, I mean you just gotta start like a little original show kind of thing. It's like these Zamero, it's like it's I, like anybody. Like it's just stand up goes co aligns with ex- it and yeah, it co aligns with stand up. Ex- exactly, but I'd rather be funny <clears> and have like a cool brand behind me and like be a legacy like that instead of just doing torn and doing stand up solely. You know what I'm saying? Like Fuck it. If I would really make it, think as, about it right if now, I didn't make it as a comedian, can't even find that many torn comedians who don't have a podcast or something else that like kind of goes with them. I mean, you could. You'll you still find well, a bunch right? of road comics and like cruise ship comics and stuff that just do. They have been doing the same, you know, act their whole life, and, but yeah. their whole career. Like Maniscalco but, said, like, like you look don't... at Theo and Bert and all these guys who are selling out. They have these podcasts that go along with it. Bert has that late night show, that cooking show. I, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name that he just had all the comedians doing. Oh yeah, cooking York. up or something or no. Uh, something up, yeah. I don't know. I forget. Let me look it up. Yeah, so like Maniscalco was saying, you're not hot forever, so like you never know when you're going to cool <clears> down. So it's always good to have like, you know, get into movies, film, get your money where you're at, you know, the ads, the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Podcasts is more intimate. Remember, like I said, you don't have to do those radio shows anymore. Norman said it. You don't have to do those TV shows like the one in Cleveland. Something's burning. Yeah. The one like he did in Cleveland. You don't have to do that shit anymore. Yeah. You don't have to rely on the corporations. I see yeah. it, dude, in radio. I tell you the radio stories behind the scene. I see it. Yeah. People have been telling me to put yourself on, do your own content, create yourself. Yeah, it's, it's it's basically old news at this point. Yeah. It's like you, there's no if you're not doing it, it's just like all right, I tried. Like, and then like he said, like fuck it, like you don't want to go. Remember how you gave him a good idea and he liked it? How like going to those meetings, you should film those pitch ideas to yourself. And then like. Think about if you got a show, you got to pay twenty people before yourself. But if you do it yourself, you're paying like three other people, like camera guy and stuff, and you. Mm-hmm. So it's like the variables are there to just do it yourself. It just takes the action. And I, I think a lot of us, even me, I admit it, get lazy in that process of doing that. You'd rather have where comfortable going to open mic and doing that instead of do, creating a video. It's so doing, easy, yeah. yeah. It's all the production aspect. And when you're not big or you don't have any money yet, you have to do it all yourself. So yeah. now you're not just doing stand-up comedy open mics. You're also being a fa- f- film guy. You're pro- you have to promote yourself on social and media. And it's energy draining. Yeah, the whole process. And then you have to work your real job, like if, like your other job, if you're like me or, so, or an open mic or whatever. So it's just annoying. It's just like, you know. Shout out to the podcast <laughs> among, you, among Men. <laughs> But Steve, dude, you're coughing too much. You're going to get a sick. I feel like you have you say SARS. It every time I cough. Do you have an STD? Scars? SARS. Yeah, chlamydia. I'm going to fucking wear that mask in front I'm of you. I'm HIV positive. Guys, I'm breaking out of the podcast, breaking That's news. mean. Didn't you do the AIDS walk? You shouldn't be saying stuff like that. No, I didn't do it. I thought you were filming the AIDS walk. I was sick. I bailed on the guy. Way to be a bailer, like usual. <laughs> you bail on everyone. You are <laughs> that a bailer. W- that would be you. No. But, uh... A podcast amongst men. Shout out to Steve. We Good were talking guy. about that. Like Good podcast. He realized, better than Mike Sweeney. He realizes that, like I, sh- I told him, the pre-production, the planning of the podcast, then the interview itself, the questions, the research, and then the live aspect, and then the post-production and social media. Literally. He film his, he's putting his episodes on YouTube now. Yeah, audio only Does right he film now. them now? Not yet. Uh, he's going to do it's it down like the It's like us. We're too fucking fucked. But think about that, and you say if you have a full-time job, a kid, a house, a mortgage to pay. It's literally oh, a podcast dudes. is like a fucking 20-hour-a-week project or a full-time job if you yeah, do it right or hustle yeah. it right. 
Like the whole, like the, and the, it's energy draining too because even my buddy Taylor, Taylor would say it like, shout out Tay Media, he's come like, back. You got to do what you're talented at and then try to put everything else in the back burner or try to balance it out because like he knows it takes time to edit video, edit audio, and then also create the content. So like if you're doing something else, what aren't you doing with your time? You know what I mean? That's like the whole, the whole thing, when, if, if you're on social media, what aren't, what aren't you doing at this moment? That's why the amount of time I waste scrolling on Instagram or like if I'm watching TV or watching podcasts on YouTube or listening, I feel Sometimes like... it's beneficial though for, for like document and recreating purposes to get content Yeah, out. but it's just, it's, it doesn't always work with the timing and the timing of the day, you're, you being on the same schedule as your friends or your co-hosts or whatever, and you can't help but not lay around or go to the gym or do something not productive with, uh, with, your, with your brand. But that's why, like, I'm usually <coughs> trying to promote on social media or research or uh, figure out how to fucking send a goddamn MP4 file. Jesus. That'll take four days. You see the process. When I'm at work or when I'm at wherever. See, people make fun of the whole process, but when you start to do it, you realize how annoying certain things is. Like, the yeah, way I perfect haters, the, haters don't see that. The editing of the audio, the video. They're like, what are you doing with your time? Why don't you go out more? Like, I talked about on Steve's podcast. Should and, like, it's just very time consuming and you start you start getting like an obsessive OCD about it where you want to create your own content and do everything right and the process takes a very long time for certain things so I respect anyone who creates a podcast and has that idea and does all that audio editing yourself some people just leave it you know what is what it is just what it is what about um, being selfish like you gotta be sometimes like that old saying where like you gotta put your own ostrich mask on the plane first <laughs> like if it's about to crash you gotta put you gotta take care of yourself first episode. so like I feel like even in like definitely comedy, everyone's out to their own agenda or self. Like, say if you're on a show, I feel like you get booked for a show because you might have a show coming up, or they might know you'll promote it well, or they know you through a certain connection. So it's all about building relationships and also kind of being selfish because everyone's kind of trying to be in it for their own good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think anyone wants to see you do better than them. It's not, fucked up. Not better than them, but equal. It's fucked up though, don't you think? <clears throat> like, I would wish success no. to all people I fuck with. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, me too. Like, it almost felt weird when I was promoting. Like, I was like, Steve, I'm like, shout out to Kiwi Basement. I'm like, I feel weird doing this. It's almost like a rival thing because you go on another podcast, promote another podcast. Some people have an issue with that. Steve was mad cool about it. Well, that's 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 like L.A. They all equally support each other. That's what they it needs, that's what needs to be. It's it's so different. I feel like on the East Coast, we don't that about them. He's like, Theo will just go on Bert's podcast. Bert will just go on Theo's. There's yeah. no rivalry. There's no anything. But I don't really see that, at least on the surface, anywhere else. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I could kind of see it, like, if I don't know someone behind the scenes, like, I feel like everyone's out for their own agenda. I guess that's you have yeah, to be. Yeah, you read people pretty quickly, like we were, you were doing before we started this. Am I wrong or right, though? I feel like I, to a point I I'm I don't know unless you ask the people if they actually hate <coughs> you, but, like, I don't, I just don't look at it that way. And if they do, it's fine. Like, I'm doing my own shit, they're doing their own shit. Fuck it. No, no, but I'm talking about, like, the selfish gene is so real. I feel like even me at one point, like, like... Uh, Steve was asking, I go back on the interview, it's a good interview, check it out. He was like, how do you get these interviews? Because like, don't you feel weird when you're kind of like pinning it, it's all about yourself in a way? Like, say if you wanted to get a guest on, and it would look good for yourself. It would definitely look good for the brand. Like, say we had Mickey Gala on, Mark, oh, yeah. Mark Norman, someone bigger. But like, they're getting exposure too locally, and also it's kind of practice for them, because when they do these interviews, it's kind of like a rough draft on what they're going to say next on a podcast. Yeah. So it's like a win-win. <laughs> But, like, I get what they're saying. Like, I don't want to be an egotistical asshole, but it always is good to get someone big on to get more views. But I just want to put myself on in a way where I don't want to rely on big guests, but at the same time, it's always cool to have them. You got, you don't got much to offer. I'll just talk the whole time if Fuck you want. Fuck you. That's what you do anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think if uh, a bigger name is is nice enough to say yes to doing your podcast, because let's be honest, they're not really getting anything out of it. 
No, um, they are though. You don't think that, but they're. T- they're no, trying I'm to explain to you. There. I'm going to get there. They're yeah, getting it's their, a rough draft. Their story. Okay, I gotta, I gotta get and it. also, you never know who's listening. A lot of times, yeah, it comes up in the search queue too. Yeah, um, but I don't think it's really being selfish to ask someone to do your podcast. If anything, look at all the people, like especially comics. They're offering to do it because they know it's a platform for them. So it's really they're trying to benefit themselves. Exactly. In most cases, <clears throat> it's a win-win. So it's like if I'm having you on my podcast, granted for a bigger name. Yeah, it's going to help me out because I'm going to get more views in this episode because you're a bigger name. But it'll help you too because you you can you know you can be able to get some words out, crack some jokes, yeah. Maybe tell a story that you're going to go and, and tell on a bigger podcast, like, or tell your come up story. Like when I was interviewing the people way back in college, and I'm very into come up stories. A lot they were using their come up stories, and they use the same stories now. Or they write books about it, you know. Well, that's why I knew when we were stories. interviewing Norman, I knew a lot of the shit. He was going to say because I know his comic story because I listened to him on a bunch and of And that's podcasts. weird too because we only have a certain amount of time with him, so you know his story, but our, some of the audience might not. So yeah, you got so to throw. Re- yeah. You have to ask stuff you already know. Yeah. So that's what a podcast is. Like if you go on a different platform, they're giving you their best material. They're Like that's what I realized. Like Schultz went on Rogan and he spewed all the stuff he was already talking yeah. about everywhere on Rogan and it was like his best material. And now a gazillion more people have. When we interviewed him at the Stress Factor, he was talking about the same stuff kind of and some other stuff. So like it was practice kind of like a stand up routine. Because when I went on the podcast and got interviewed, it was not one of my first times being interviewed but the story changes here and there but pretty much it's the same come up story and you kind of use that as it's different being a host and getting interviewed right. doing an interview than being a guest and getting interviewed you know what I mean Right. so like the transition's interesting but I feel like it's not selfish because it could benefit to people especially if you're not huge but huge. at the end of the day I feel like China. in a way you have to be selfish you have to put yourself on before you put someone else on because you have to be the best you could be before you could help others out. Like if you're a loaded millionaire like Oprah, she could help out everyone and all these donations and everything like that. But if you were a poor Oprah, you wouldn't have anything to give really besides love and hard dick maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I feel like there's a point where I th- I see it. I'm aware of how everyone is selfish, but it's not a bad thing because I guess in a way it's just life and our, na- our natural human behavior. Yeah, we all die too. So it's like you might as well just do what you want. Yeah, fuck it. But... I think w- I would just say go try to go up about like me like look at the Steve guy for example he knows we have a podcast debt essentially down the street from him and we b- do don't give the location out I don't want to get shot by the ops get you know some good conversations some good interviews some good guests whatever blah blah and he was kind enough to ask you the basically the mogul that's a bit of a stretch. The head honcho of his own brand, Keep a Basement. I'm a mogul and head honcho. You hear it first. Zappy <coughs> tried to hype me to up. Come and right down the street, to come right down the street to his podcast to basically give you more leverage and more... Um, Opportunity. But yeah, he looked at it as... Like, more he, exposure. He looked at it as like Even a guest. Even more exposure. Say I, there's somebody yeah, listening to his podcast, yeah. but they don't listen to ours. Yeah, it's a win-win. They're going to listen to you now. And, and plus, you're from the same area, so it's like com- a similar come-up story, or you guys are friends. Yeah. So you know that he, if you're co-signed by him, and or, or he's co-signed yeah. by us, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We're not trying to shit another podcast. I got to promote his podcast, but we got so wrapped up with the Norman thing. More I want to go. Um, I want to promote the clips of his podcast. Other podcasts, too. Those guys. I don't know the name. Sorry. Uh, we got, uh, there's that Baltimore podcast that we fuck with sometimes. Oh, yeah. Hunt um, Club. Shout to them. Yeah. The, it's beneficial of, of you... Of you asking anybody to be on your podcast, whether it's a no namer or a freaking superstar, you know. Yeah, but you like to you're you are one who doesn't like to jump ropes for no namers. I'm not like that at all. To, you say it. You've said it. I'm starting me. to say it. It's more about the energy draining of creating the content, where the audio editing and all that. True. It's not a no namer to me. Everyone's cool with me. Everyone puts on the same pair do of pants. The, these episodes where it's just us, so it's like you, I know. It's like just do what you want. Like almost every podcast I see. 
a lot of podcasts I, I listen to have a mix. Sometimes they have guests, sometimes yeah, exactly. they have no guests. Rogan is a guest every single time because uh, it's kind of what it's based on. Are you not getting when you it? have multiple hosts, you don't have to do a guest. I know. Also, look at Bill Burr. He's by himself and he just rambles. I'm just not starting to sweat things that I don't want to sweat because I already have enough to sweat with time management <clears throat> and, and doing things. Yeah, I'm not going to fucking that. rely on certain things and factors. If the, uh, you know what I mean? If everything goes perfectly, we'll get this person. Fuck it. No, I'll just do it myself and it, it is what it is. But I think you're mutually benefiting going on a podcast as a guest and a ho- and having a host because he has someone to talk to about stuff. And everyone who has their podcast wants to get their agenda across. Like he was talking yeah. about all those like. That's the thing. I was, I, I was, because I, I know you very well. I knew you weren't going to be like trying to like go into your agenda on what you do on your podcast until he set the table for you to do that. Exactly. And then like he had his own thing where he wants to talk about that guy stuff. So I tried to you know, fit in and, like, get in with his stuff, but that wasn't my cup of tea either about, like, the millennial shit. I don't even, like, care or look about into that stuff, yeah. but he's into that. So, like, you got to go somewhere and you got to be multi-adaptive. Of, I don't even know if that's a word, but you got to adapt into what he's talking about and then relay it back what you're talking about. Right. Like, I wasn't going to go spit my agenda. I don't even know what the fuck my agenda would be. I'm not a phony, really. But I wasn't going to go on there and spit my agenda. I'm trying to listen, give advice, help out as much as I can, even though I'm not professional. He said I was one of his, I'm the biggest guest he had on. I go, you don't have big guests on then, pal. Like, I made a joke like that. Like, I'm not big at all. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I kind of like having control, and I think so does he, Steve. So it's interesting because uh, I like having control and creating all the stuff and the questions, and like we don't have the control. It's different when you're a guest, and you kind of have to let it ride. Yeah, you don't have the control. They do. You let it ride, and you got to let it, you know, more of a freestyle type approach. Like, like I made notes, but it was like, I'm not using these notes. It's stupid. You can't just read, read out the stuff. It's like fake. You might as well just keep it organic and just go with the flow and yep. just, you know, say what you got to say. Yep. Um, what do you think Joe Sweeney would say if he w- if somebody asked me to do a podcast? Like, does he know what a podcast is? Mike, what's a cash pod? <laughs> Mike, I can't. I got groundhogs to blow up outside. <laughs> I got these new fucking things. You throw them in there. It smokes them out. I got to smoke these fuckers out, Mike. Hey, I ain't got time for that. Hey, Joe Sweeney, have you ever listened to the Joe Rogan Experience podcast? Mike, I don't give a fuck. Take the toilet plunger downstairs. You left it upstairs. Take the toilet plunger downstairs. That's all I ask. The fuck? Every time I ask for a favor, this kid's doing something. He's holding a computer. He's doing something else. Get the fuck out of here. No one gives a shit about your podcast or your five YouTube views. Get down and fucking get this fertilizer from me. I need to build a garden, and I need to do it today. So he grabbed this fertilizer and put it out there and spread it out, asshole. <laughs> no one gives a fuck about your dreams. Does Joe Sweeney actually know what YouTube views are? I don't know what a fucking YouTuber is. <laughs> I sent it to my buddies, though. I'm like, look, while you're at work, pal, in your office, check out these porn interviews my son did. He's a real good interviewer. It's really safe for work. <laughs> they did talk about do that? squirting. <laughs> he did. He did send people my interviews. He's like, check it out. He interviewed a porn star about ass and titties. I think my dad saw that too. He saw the interviews of porn. I'm a legend. No, mine. How about the legacy you leave? We were talking about. What, I was talking about with Steve. Oh God, legacy about what? How wild is that though? Like, save my kids twenty years from now, or like eighty years from now, we'll see yeah, porn we'll interviews right, on YouTube. Right. Not good. I was thinking about that too, though. But then I'm listening to the fighter and the kid over, on the way over here, and Callan's talking about when he was used to fuck some chick or whatever, and he was talking about coming or whatever. And it's like his kid's like 11. Like in a couple of years, when he starts listening to podcasts, he can just listen to that. It might go away by that point. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We I'm create so saying, much content. Okay, that's an example. You always are down to create content so quickly. But I feel like some kids. people need to let it ride out. Like if you have a Norman interview or a Schultz interview or an interview and it's great, what's the point of like keeping continually creating? I know a lot of people are always late on podcasts, but when you're not famous, famous. What the fuck is the point of like going so ham on something 
if you could, if you could, if you could just reposting and promoting and right and get the right amount of exposure. Because yeah. look at those assholes from Barstool, Call Her Daddy, only have thirty three episodes in their top ten podcasts. Well, they are called pieces. I don't even think they're that hot. They're not that hot one, and their voices are fucking terrible. I'd rather yeah, I'd chug definitely. Accutane oil. I would, I would rather fucking shove bamboo shoots up under my fingernails and then dive out of, out of a plane with no parachute. It's a piercing sound. Like, like you don't hear that when anyone's listening. I just and want then to know, My buddy that? listens. I'm like, you don't think they're annoying? I'd rather like just put a sock in their mouth and quiet down over there. And and not com- being a woman basher. I posted a Mother's Day post. And that with the fact that those voices are just talking about how much cum they drink and how, how much they shit. And how much they get opportunities for being high. It's so unfair. Yeah, fuck them. Well, you sound like, it's like a hater. jealous assholes, but... Kind of true. Shout out to Alexandra and Sophia if you guys want to come on the podcast. <laughs> we could settle it. Yeah, we could settle it. Fuck you, I hate you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I got to keep the same energy. I mean, it's not because they're women. It's just they're very attractive, but I feel like the... Hey, yeah, guys, Mike Sweeney's not a woman hater, contrary po- to what some girls believe. I posted a women thing on... I did my PR statement. I posted a Mother's Day post, okay? Mother's Day appreciation post. <laughs> PR statement? What an idiot. <laughs> I'm kidding, but uh, I'm not the white devil. But uh, also... Alexander Cooper and Sophia Franklin—they're cool in their pieces, but like even those, there's other girl, there's other girls at Barstool who do some content too, and that's good too. They talk about like hip hop stuff they don't know about, and I feel like they get away with a lot. But they're like the the staff at Barstool, and they do a good job and get good exposure too. I feel like just Barstool is another level. Like you could be some shitbag, you could be some shitbag comedian, do twice and do great because you have a huge following already for Barstool. All those guys, like, doesn't it amaze you? Like, some of them don't even do anything crazy. Like, that's wild, and they have like three hundred thousand followers and get like seven hundred comments per post, and uh-huh. probably make mad money. Uh-huh. But they don't do anything crazy. Just like some digital stuff for Barstool. Yeah. It's just wild, the empire. And you got to salute the brand they have. You know, I'm not a huge Barstool guy. Like, tell my friend. I don't even know how that's st- how they started. How Barstool I don't know. My started. buddy likes them, listens to all their stuff, and I just don't understand how you could listen to g- uh-huh. every week. These girls listen to girls we fuck or whatever. It's not even called guys that. we fuck. No, that's the wrong one. I meant. I'm not even being oh, call, a dick. Her call her daddy. I really think they did take the concept from those two comedians who are cool. Yeah, you said that in the last episode. Like, I really think that like there's no original idea, and all these fucking call her daddy shits are all they do is take you like Instagram comments from people, other comments, and just make episodes, and probably just hype it up themselves. And they, you know, what's funny? Comedians they could go on a comedy tour and sell out probably because all guys want to go. They do some yeah. weird sexual shit. They have all girls going with them. They yeah. could probably sell out comedy clubs, and you guys would be sick to your stomach. And then you'll make fun of me though for some, want to do comedy or something. But like people like that will make it, and it'd be okay. True. How do you like those apples? <laughs> no, they're not gonna make. No one will make fun of you, but not true. That's what the YouTubers are doing. Yeah. I feel like they could go and sell out. Like, <laughs> why, why do you think Lil Tay is on tour right now? Lil Tay's a rapping. I think. Is she the little girl? Yeah, you keep m- bringing her up. I saw an Instagram post and it was tour dates. Yeah, she's like music tour, I think. Okay, whatever. Or you like, think she's good at making music? No. She's no, a fucking she, idiot. she's like 10 years old, I think. Yeah, I don't even stuff. know if it's music. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> How about she's you not give everyone SARS? What the hell is SARS? Were those Asians wear those masks? Isn't it SARS? Are you an idiot? No, I think it is. The Asians wear the mask because of the fucking fumes in the war- in the city. Fumes? Right? Out of the cars and shit. No, they have those. They have sickness. You have to wear that. No, your mother does. That's mean. Just kidding. I love Joanna. Did you uh, get any STDs? No. Did you? Because you're the one terrified of them. That doesn't mean. That means I'm scared of them. If I got them, I would probably win. I'm scared anything. of them too. The people who got STDs don't say anything about them. You know what I mean? Even though I'm probably attracting negative STD energy in my life. But like, if not you have it. an STD, you're not gonna freely talk about it. Guys, listen. If you're listening to this episode right now, or you could, but yeah, I got STD. Follow. Tom Zappia, not Alex Nicholas, and the Sweens. Are you saying not to follow Alex Nicholas or his name is not Alex Nicholas? His name is not Alex Nicholas on Just Instagram. Just clarifying. Follow us on Instagram. Rate, 
subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash keepitbasement. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms or whichever one you listen to the most. Generically, usually iTunes or Spotify. We're on SoundCloud, YouTube, Laughable. Uges. Spotify, I said that. And just, you know, keep it cute. Anything uh, anything big happening? Anything happened to the Met Gala or... Uh, I don't know what the fuck that is. Some chick died. Doris Day, I think. I think she's an old actor. I, I don't know. But all I know is I got the Sixers lost. Funk Shout out to Joel Embiid. He's looking a little heavy. Funk flex social experiment. You know, I used to do this back in the day. No. Want to hear about it? I guess. Nah, I guess you don't want to hear about it then. I'll tell you. Oh my God. Funk flex social experiment. I used to make music mixes. DJ DJ Sweens. I used to DJ back in the day a little bit. From SoundCloud. Nah, this is good. Listen. So I would make DJ mixes. And I didn't experiment one time because I thought I had a really good mix and I told my friends and they shot me down. Like they shut me down hard. So I took a Funk Flex mix that was like professionally done. I said I made it. They were like, ah, it's all right. It's not that good. Now, mind you, this is Funk Flex, like great, good DJ, make it a great mix. They're like, ah, it's all right. It's all right. So then I made one myself that was okay mix. And I was like, yo, check this out. So-and-so made it. Funk Flex made it or whatever at the time. And I played it for them. And like, yo, this shit's fire. You're right. This is good. I'm like, yeah, I made it. And they're like, oh, what? You made this? But it was it's Funk pretty Flex. good. No, it was me, but I told them it was Funk Flex at first, you idiot. Oh, Are yeah. you listening? Yeah. Or whoever at the time was hot. And the whole point is that if you're if you're not known or if they know you so well, they don't they don't want to fuck with your shit. Even your day ones are friends because they're so used to you. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, they're, they're going to support you and help you out, but they're not going to listen to you like a hardcore listener would. Right, right. Or they think you're not good enough at the time because it's just you, you know what I mean? Like, right. I was just making mixes in my basement for fun and shit, and I wasn't amazing at it, but I was just testing the experiment. It was a great social media experiment. My friend was like, he was like, dude, this is a good experiment you should do with people. So I was doing it, testing it, putting it in my car. Like, I would play a Funk Flex mix, say it was mine. Everyone was like, nah, it's okay. Then I would play my mix and say it was Funk Flex, and everyone said it was good. Oh, so no lyrics, just a melody? Yeah, it was just, just, it was just like it was like you're taking another song, <laughs> but you're mixing it and beating it, like, like DJ, you know what I mean? Right, right. And I think two things. The beat has to be good no matter what, but also it's about who makes it. Like, you're more likely to watch a special on someone you love compared to someone you don't know. And I think it's anything. You're going to want to listen to a Drake song over some underground well, rapper. Well, that's what Norma was actually saying in the episode where it's like, people go pay and see Steve-O. That was the example because they know him already from Jackass. Exactly. But it's like, you go see Andrew Schultz, who's 10 times better at stand-up than Steve-O. like, I don't know who Andrew Schultz is. Well, I know why Andrew I Schultz say, from Brilliant Idiots. Him? That's another thing I forgot to I'm say. I'm saying that was the example. That's I know, but I, to the funk I never thing. liked Schultz's comedy or looked into it until I, I liked Guy Code and he, when he would, went to the Hoboken Comedy Festival and I got to film and work there, work for it at one point. Um, you must have been at the one before me because I was at the 2016 one. I was at the 2015 one. That's wild, the year before. Crazy. Or was it 2016? It was in the Hoboken movie theater? I was I didn't go to the whole festival. I was at a couple of shows in the 2016 one. And the guy who was in charge. You said Dan or whatever. Dan forgot. Well, I He's went a to porn s- guy. I went to see Schultz and Charlemagne in this movie theater doing a Q and A. It was awesome. Yeah. And pretty much, I start to like Schultz do Charlemagne. It was like a cosign, like you said, like someone like like Colin cosign Schwab, Schwab, right? Schaub, yeah. And I feel like it helps. Callen it's mutual beneficial because I feel like Schwab. What's his name? Schwab. Schwab. Fighter Schwab is is very good. I'm in, not saying retarded he, anymore. I've banned the. He word knows hip hop culture, so it's probably helping Callen get younger fans too. So it's a mutual beneficial relationship. Man, and he's a P, so like the bitches love him. So they probably see Schwab and they'll... They see Creepy Colin, re- like, oh, they'll yeah, they'll probably he's see Creepy Colin. <laughs> he looks creepy. Then they realize, he takes like, for oh, Colin, then they're going to recognize him from The Hangover and be like, oh, shit, I love this guy. And, and, you know, follow well, him. now Charlemagne's probably getting more, like, hipster fans because of Schultz. Schultz but, ain't a hipster. But for the record, from it. a lot of hip-hop fans from Charlemagne came from Schultz. You know what I mean? Like, you go to Schultz's thing, you'll see a lot of, like, hip-hop people there. It's all because Brilliant Idiots definitely helped. 
mm-hmm. but you can't hate like there's the same thing Norman was kind of going Appreciate. at. You can't hate and say, "Yo, so Brilliant Idiots helped Schultz get all these seats tonight." You can't hate on that. Like it, it helped more than his comedy career in a way. Like he could be doing stand for twenty years without that podcast and not well, sell it's out. Funny on the ride home, Norman was like. Norman was like, "Oh, we got ins- insider information exclusive." Nah, he was just like Schultz is killing, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I'm like, "Well, and think about how much fan fan base he's gotten now because of Charlemagne." He's like, "Yeah, you're right." Because of the brilliant, I was like, "Because of the brilliant, whatever." He's like, "How did Char- how did they even meet anyway?" And I was like, "Guy code." I told you these stories. No, you're I using knew, my knowledge. No, I knew that that was from Guy code dipshit. Too bad that um, a, too bad that female comedian didn't go on with Charlemagne. I wouldn't have liked that dyman- dynamic Jesse anyway. I, I wouldn't have liked it. I don't think. I can't believe. I still can't believe. What that a dumb sh- fucking sh- agent. Quiet. I still can't believe that that was the girl that Charlamagne had in mind. The comment yeah. that Charlamagne had in mind. I would have yeah. th- picked everyone else before her. He, he, Charlamagne's a different guy. He doesn't care about, like, if you're like, think about it. He had the most well, how exposure. How did he even know her? Was she on Girl, girl Code? Girl, guy Code, Girl Code? Yeah, that kind of dynamic. She's a piece. Actually, she's okay. He's mad cool. Like, he's so big, he didn't care. He wanted just a girl that probably wasn't as big, you know, and, like, help yeah, her out. Yeah, good point. And, like, a co host kind of. Definitely and not as got, big. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not being a dick. If it's your baby, you're probably like, that's why I'm like, let me get this shit back. Tom Zappi from the Stress Factory. Alex might be something. Tom Zappi won't. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm kidding, but you got the point where he probably wanted to get a girl on, girl dynamic, talk about relationships, sex. This is before all this Me Too shit. Remember they did this? Hashtag Me Too. Remember they did this podcast in like 2014, right? 2015, earlier. It started in 2014. Yeah. So this was like before all that type of shit, and he was trying to get more like a relationship podcast. And then he's like, all right, I'm going to ask Schultz because this isn't working out. Like what a headache! You know An that, agent wanted to know about money and stuff. They didn't know anything about opportunity exposure. You're a com- you have a comedian. You have a talent. You have a talented comedian. Hey, you don't know what about how to, how a podcast is going to work money wise in 2014. Because you had been you, you heard for freaking five years. You heard the story, right? Chris Morello talked about how like Chris Morello was trying to sell whatever, trying to set it up, but the agent was giving a hard time. Wanted to ask about money. Fuck you, she's dumb doing Hollywood well, idiot. Or I guess she's doing okay. Jesse she would have been doing way better. They were saying you don't hear her name anymore. They were kind of throwing shots. Well, she also moved to L.A. What does that mean? I mean, you're not I, gonna hear her name as much in New York because she lives in L.A. I she know, does the comedy store a lot. I know Schultz more than her. Yeah, but she also lives but in L.A. Schultz you're not gonna tell York. me that podcast wouldn't have helped elevate her career? No, I'm not saying. I'm, I'm saying it definitely would have. I'm just saying she's not. She didn't become a freaking nobody. That's as far an ex- as I know. that's an example of fucking. She was just on road. That's an example of agents who don't know hip hop culture, or any culture holding you back, asking for a paycheck when there's an opportunity attached Imagine, to it. Imagine, dude, fucking listen, dumb look, idiot. Think about this stuff. Think about this. Imagine you're a comedian, right? So you're Jesse May, right? And you hear that Charlemagne wants you. I'm like, okay, I'm in. To do in. a podcast with I'm in. You immediately say, yes. You literally take your agent, you pick them up, and you throw them into the ocean, and you walk to Charlemagne's house. I would house say that. And say I would yes. do that. I would do that. If the agent was like, well, we need money on that, I'd be like, go fuck yourself. This is a good opportunity. Are you stupid? Yeah, but she didn't know. 2014 at the time, I guess, she was like, oh, I need my money or whatever. How is it going to work? Or was, Who knows the real story? There's always politics Too afraid involved. to probably do a podcast that early on. For all we know, she has a podcast now. I'm really not sure. You live and you learn, though. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. It was a good thing for Schultz because he got exposure and he, uh, he got up. He was, but no, it was a good she's thing not, for she's Schultz. She's not that hot. She's not ugly, but she's not hot. One of those flim flammers. She definitely looks like a porn star. She definitely doesn't fuck like one. Her Wikipedia page, <laughs> her Wikipedia page is not good. Yeah, she's best known for girl code. Yeah, that's it. She could have been on the Brilliant Idiots. It wouldn't even have been a diff- it would have been a different thing. Wikipedia anyway. page. Dude, I don't think she's buzzing. Someone needs to edit her Wikipedia page. I don't think she's she buzzing. She eventually relocated to Brooklyn so she could perform at notable venues such as Broadway Comedy Club. That needs to get edited. I am. Um, that's I, notoriously the worst club in the city. I really think that. Uh, I think I asked her to do an interview way back, and it was like a Hollywood. Like I had like agents, like a publicist. I'm like, ah. The, when you get publicists and agents like trying to set up an interview, it never works. You got to know someone in the crew, or directly go through them, or go through a manager that's cool and down to earth. Not these fucking Hollywood yippy fucking idiots 
who you got to go through like different channels to get involved. That's what Mark was saying. Once you get in the one, like when I was doing these interviews with rappers and musicians, once you get the label involved, you never get the interview. They're fucking useless. They're just useless channels. They don't want to take the risk of having some no-namer like me. I understand to interview some big guy and have like an interview, like have some wild question or they see my porn interviews or see other stuff. They're not going to take that risk. That's what it is. There's no risk. They just care about the money, the business. There's no risk, no reward. They suck. They're useless. A lot of these labels, agents, fucking Hollywood people, all useless. Take them out. Like, that's why I see the anger in Mark Norman and Schultz, and I kind of, like, love it because I saw the same thing in the music industry. Once you get the label involved, I tried to interview Action Bronson. It's hard to get through these people. Once you get these label people involved, I had to talk to five people one week, and they just shut you down the last day. Unfortunately, we're not able to give you these press passes. Unfortunately, suck my five-inch, two-inch penis. Not bad. But, like, it's just annoying because I see where they're coming from, even though I'm not an entertainer. I just see that once you, the more parties of fucking Hollywood people you get involved, the less likely things can happen. And so it's a, there's fucking useless people in the industry, these gatekeepers, these publicists. You gotta be in Hollywood, son. Like, exactly like some, like Sam Roberts and fucking. <clears throat> Brightstone? Norton said in that, what's his name? Yeah. Jim and Sam. In that Vinny interview about Pete Davidson. They probably wanted to be like, yeah, that's a great idea, because they wanted to take the credit for it if it happened if it was well, if it happened well. Like if Pete loved the idea where he, to bring up the names, but then it didn't go well and they didn't take credit for it. That's exactly what happens well, that's in also Hollywood guards, yeah. and public relations and PR people, mm-hmm. and they don't want to take any risk with people they don't know. I'd be so good at being a PR person. So would I. I feel like. I'd be a sad. Do you think I'd be good? But I don't care at the same time. Yeah. Just maybe your own shit. Yeah, maybe we have. Maybe Look at Schultz's YouTube channel is blown up with inside jokes. The greater good of humanity. Maybe we're not supposed to be PR people. Maybe we're supposed to do our own stuff. Yes. Howard Stern book and out. That's what we're doing. Yep, the Howard Stern book is out. So catch that. Even though Howard Stern's a fucking fake hack now. But what? Still check that out. Oh yeah, you know that. I hate. I hate Howard Stern. He's not a fake hack. He is. Dude, he evolved. Like he said in the, he had a great interview with the Hollywood Reporter. Dude, he's got so much money. He can't fucking do dick jokes anymore and strip interview strippers he while he's sixty. He does a little bit, but he doesn't do it. Well, he's sixty. Crazy he did it when he was forty-five. What the hell's the difference? I mean, it, you evolve. That's still a great interview. I just interview. think as a, as a person, speaking from people I've who have worked for, with him, he's an ass. But great interviewer. You know people who work with him? Oh, yeah. That's a lie. No, it's true. Great interviewer, though. So, but don't ever say it's a lie, dipshit. I've been, I've been in the comedy world for a while. He said he felt it would feel shitty if he really never evolved. Good. You know, he's 105, but I'm just saying he goes back to his giant mansion on Long Island, doesn't even know where he records his show. How wild is that? That he, he doesn't he doesn't listen to his old interviews because he 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 thought <coughs> they were ma- they make him sick and he is like narcissistic, and he cringes at listening to them because all he cares about himself. He said he was mm-hmm. fucked up back then. True. Um, yeah, so get that. That's that's pretty hot. I guess that's is that just like is that like an autobiography? Yeah, he said he's his l- first book ever. No, you idiot. Yeah, you're a big Howard Stern fan. It's like a third book, I think, or second. I never said I'm. A big but he said Howard I love the. He I, said, I actually said I hated him. So you're. He said he loved the idea stupid. that we'd go on and measure our penises or discuss v- vaginal stuff. But now I find it gross. It's wild. He said in the early days he'd shake every time he got on air, but with time he began to relax and find his voice. And I would weird. never shake. Weird. Weird. Like, I, I was nervous when I flipped the radio. Though. That's why I did it. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do comedy yet. And no one's looking at me on radio. Yeah, nobody's trying to look at that. Everyone's trying to look at me. No one's trying to look at you and your mediocrity of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, catch the Howard Stern book. What's it called? Howard Stern, the um, 75-year-old hack. What's it called? That's mean. All right, guys, that's another episode. Uh, follow, rate, subscribe. True, but I think for majority of these comedy shows, I don't even think being funny matters. It's all perception. Do Black Lives Matter? That's mean.
What do you mean I'm asking? Why would you throw that as a joke? It's not funny. Because you no. said it matters. That's mean, it's dude. Hilarious. I feel like they just want the big name or someone who has been on shows or someone who can do something for them. And I always thought I think some people are like that, but not all people. If you're a comedian, is it even normal to be a producer as well as they call a comedy producer? Like, I don't think that's right. It's kind of like being an on-air personality and program director. It happens all the time, but you're playing politics. Yeah, you're usually a comic. It's kind of like you're playing politics, though. You want to be called a comedian because it's you're selfish. It's your best interest. It's not no one else's. True. I don't know. Well, you want to be called a comedian, not not a producer. Check out our Mark Norman episode, guys. Uh, Locker on Mother's Day. Please keep keep DMing us and subscribing, rating. You know, telling us if we're funny or not. Or also, or fail. Um, There's no other way to learn. Grow up and fail. Grow. Or, you drive know, yourself to be learn successful. And fail. Do what you want. Fail Start fast. Your side hustle fail when you hard. Get home from your job at five o'clock if you really feel like you can do it. Because I've been telling people to do it and they don't listen to me. Really? And I know they'll be good at it. Yeah. Wait. Wait. With what? Explain. Just saying. What would I be good start at? Like a small business or like. What would I be good at? You're already doing it and just and being quiet and asking less questions and texting me less. What do I do? Do you have a girlfriend? I can't hear you. What? <laughs> Wait, what would I be good at? I don't, and you're fucking annoying. What would I be good at? Uh, good at not shutting up because you never do that, but I'm um, saying... Do what so you I could be a comedian and just do keep talking. Want, yeah, go do stand-up and be quiet. Do what you want, uh, you know, do that side hustle if you have the free time instead of sitting at home throwing back fucking uh, sweet teas or whatever the hell you guys Bushes. Drink, kids drink now. Fucking, what's the thing that people are obsessed with? The um, the big cans, I don't know. Twisted, the big cans? Twisted teas. The twisted teas. I'm a th- I'm a, I like big cans myself. You like <laughs> you like <laughs> fucking uh, you like mosquito bites and stellas. Mosquito bites and stellas. Shout out right? to Adam Freeman for being a legend and dressing like a savage. And please continue to just follow like he dressed like Indiana Jones. I keep it based on all platforms: Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Subscribe. Laughable. Follow Hey Locker. We're on Laughable. I'm not ready for the advertisement. We're stuff. putting shit out with flashlight, guys. Pay attention. When, it's funny stuff. When I'm on interviews, thank you. We are out. When I'm on no, interviews, Mike, it, when out. I'm on interviews, I'm not ready to like say a laughable Spotify, YouTube, you jizz, you name it. Interviews, what are you talking about? Like when they're like, "What do you? What? Where can we find you or listen to you?" iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, laughable. So where it's can they find everything. you? It's the iTunes and Spotify are the most important things. All right, guys, we're out. All right, well, hold on. We'll Joe Sweeney, any closing we'll words? Words of wisdom, Joe Sweeney. No. Scum. All right, we out. Mike the Cans. We welcome the newest sponsor of the podcast, Fleshlight. Fleshlight is the number one male sex toy in the world. With its soft, real feel insert patented to be so lifelike that many have proclaimed it feels better than the real thing. While there is no substitute for a real woman, amazing inner textures and over 100 possible combinations to choose from, we all have to work a little harder to keep up. Fleshlights offer an adjustable cap to control the desired suction level you prefer, as well as a channeled sleeve able to stretch in order to accommodate the repeated discomfort of your girth. Easy to clean and durable, Fleshlight is your number one choice brand for male sex toys. Fleshlight also offers flesh skins, sleeves, anal toys, and accessories, including lube, mounts, cases, sleeve warmers, vibrators, and more. For more information, search Fleshlight on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit www.fleshlight.com. This is the Keep It Basin Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, subscribe to us, also on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes Music, Laughable, and wherever else you could listen to us and view us. Thank you for tuning in. Nigga, shut your ass up, man. I'm <laughs> I don't give a fuck, man. You are listening to Keep It in the Basement, like most Italians. If you're not Italian, keep it there anyway. Well, that's cool, because you're a fan. I'm a fan, too. You know what I'm saying? And I think, to, to me, fans make the best interviewers. You know what I mean? Like, Because we're asking the questions from a fan perspective. When you're a true fan, and you follow the artist, and you study your artist, and you know an artist's music, you know an artist's background, you know the questions 
the right questions to ask because you're asking questions from a fan perspective. And not only that, the reason you said that you're able to talk to uh, your favorite artist for an hour, it's not that you're able to talk to them for an hour. It's you're able to listen to them for an hour. It's a yeah. difference. See, a lot of interviewers don't listen. See, I'm a listener. I like, yeah. like a lot of interviewers I have 20 questions and all they want to do is get through those 20 questions but the yeah. truth about it is if you ask me a question if I ask an artist a question and the artist answers me if I'm listening I'm probably going to get something else out of his answer that I want to ask him and that's what a conversation is all about hello hello Sipes yeah, what's hey what's going on this is Mike Sweeney Sweeney what's up dude Mike Sweeney got it what, keep it, what radio basement Keep it basement, like keep it, like keep it in the house. Keep it yeah. basement radio. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, hey, what's going on? It's your boy Lil Dicky. Shout out Mike Sweeney, Swain, and Keep It Basement Radio. What's up, guys? This is Mickey Gall. You're listening to Keep It Basement. Keep it basement. Making money. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Stealth Mode Motorsports. It's a fucking read-through. What am I supposed to be... Act interested. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Stealth Mode Motorsports. Yeah. Stealth Mode Motorsports serves worldwide motorcycle enthusiasts, racers, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and custom builders with the highest quality. Quality OEM parts for Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati. Super sport motorcycle models. We buy and sell used motorcycles as well. Based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, StealthModeBikes.com. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Stealth Mode Motorsports. Need an engine for a car? We supply engines to race teams all over the world. Lay your bike down and don't want to pay dealer pricing? Contact us for a fraction of dealer prices. Specializing in Yamaha R1 and R6, GSXR 650,000, ZX6R, ZX10R, and CBR 1000RR late model years. All current inventory can be found on our eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash stealth mode motorsports. Check them out. What do you want to do? You want to go to the Shipbag Comedy Show and then maybe try to roll through stress? Guys, follow your dreams and listen to Keep It Basement Rate. Subscribe. Thanks, hey, guys. Peace. Just masturbate if all else fails. Peace. Exactly. Good job with California. You don't like it? Fuck it. You get on a plane, fly home. That's it. Take a chance. Four minutes at the at the, at the, at the, at the comedy club in New Brunswick. Four minutes. Mike turned into a, a spot on a Jimmy Kimball Tonight Show. You never know. You got to try it. You just can't stay on a safe route because then you're going to end up being kind of bitter when you get older. That you didn't take no chances. That's it. That's my few on things.